When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard. Comes out to Essien! Oh my goodness. It's a counter attack. It's Didier Drogba. And now Kitty in the middle. Drogba goes! Stretch it. Stretch it. Mix it on when you do. Stretch it. Chelsea 2 Stretch it. And Didier Drogba has it. Drogba in the centre! McCoy just came to the ground and just pulled out. Possibly bleak as this. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to another episode of Chessy Hour. You're joined by me, your host, Babs, and two very, very gracious guests. Sam, how are you doing? Look who's back. Look who's back, man. Sam in the car game, man. Nah, it's good, man. Just just seen the Lukaku announcement. It's all good. Wait, all good. has it been announced? Has been announced. Oh, you're telling you're me what? Oh, you're telling me live right it, yeah. now. It's been announced. Yeah, man. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, they got a cheeky little Jay Z bar in there, and everything. This is exclusive man. right here. Oh, I never thought I'd see the I never thought I'd see the Chelsea account link a video that said I used to move snowflakes by the OZ, but but here we are. Finished. Here we are, man. Oh, a club for the streets, man. That explains the look who's back. Okay, it boys, makes sense. boys, yeah, I, boys. I was like, wait, did you not get the joke? But yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that, that explains a lot, mate. That has just completely changed the, the the whole structure of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get right into it, guys. How are we feeling? Yeah, man. Listen, we've suffered under. Listen, you know them ones when you're at church now, and they say suffered under Pontius Pilate, fam. We suffered under Timo Werner, innit? So you know what I mean. Thank God for deliverance, man. I, obviously, I, you know me, man. I was I was pushing, really pushing for Erling Haaland, in it. But Lukaku, man, that's a solid, more than a solid guy, bro. That's a guy that's a, especially the last year or so, in it. That's a guy that's out to prove people wrong, in it, and shut some mouths up, in it. So so long as he's drilling them goals, you know, a man's gonna be behind him. Boy, what can I say, man? I'm not gonna lie. I'm still in a bit of a state of shock because I was not expecting that. <laughs> Sam, how are you? How are you feeling? 
yeah, man, I'm, I'm with Ben. I, I'm, I'm ready to get behind him. He, he wasn't my first choice. I, I was probably more on the Haaland train as well. But, I mean, he's definitely got a point to prove. It feels like he wants to be here. And I think that's, that's, that's only, that only good can come out of that, man. You want players that want to be at your club, innit? And, and he's going to bag regardless. I know he's going to bag. Uh, just, just dependent on when and where he bags. But, yeah. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And for me... I won't lie, you know, initially I was, I was, I was on the Isaac train. I was a bit on a different, on a different route to everybody else, but I was warming to Haaland, you know, as it seemed as though that would be it. But it seems as though the club have got their, their, their initial man from what, 10 years ago. So it's kind of poetic in the fact that he's back, you know, he's here. He's in the prime of his career. He's, mm. he's coming off his best season. What can we say, man? Lukaku back. Lukaku back. But yeah. Let's get let's get a bit more into the show now. So um, let's talk about the Super Cup. So guys, let's just briefly. So what did you guys think of the initial lineups when you first saw them? Listen, all I'll say now, yeah, the three four three, it's time to go. Yeah, I told you, man. Yeah, like cool, we've done our thing, bruv. Man's grateful in it for everything that three four three has given us in it. Yeah. Champions League and whatnot, you know, you know the vibes in it, all this kind of stuff. But I was already saying going into this season, especially against these low block men, I'm not trying to see that formation no more. Like against, um, let's say we're playing the big six in it or big five in it, forget Tottenham in it, yeah. Or if you want to, you know, um, replace them with Leicester in it or whatever you want to do in it. The big matches, three four three, calm. I'm fine with that. But especially against these. Look, that these teams are going to sit back. You're going to have majority of the ball. All the emphasis is going to be on you, and it's going to be more about pulling your position about and rotations and all these kind of things. I don't think the three-four-three even. I don't think one that it's the best formation for that, and two, I don't think it even suits the skill sets of the players that we've got. I think we've got a lot of players that like to rotate and interchange and type, that type of thing, but in a way that's different to the three-four-three. The three-four-three for me feels rigid, especially when you haven't got focal point that we've had because even when Werner plays up front he's not a focal point if that makes sense Werner himself does his best work playing off of a focal point so yeah it gives the three up top you know the chance to rotate and that kind of thing but not in the key areas that they would like to so a lot of the type of attackers we have would rather start wide and come inside but because you have wing backs there already who are literally designated for the wide areas they can't do that so I was saying um, in the chat form, I want to say a couple of months now that I think we need to move to a, a 4 2 3 one against these teams that sit back against us. Um, but yeah, in, if you're talking about purely on um, actual lineup and personnel, I was obviously very happy to see Trevor in the team. I was hoping he was middle centre-back, but um, it was Zuma. Thank God we got away with that one. No disrespect to Zuma in it. But in terms of reading the game, I can't believe that he started middle out of the three of those men that started in the back three in it. But... Yeah, no, nice to see Trevor in the team. Hustle guy at wing back again. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say he was he had an all right game. Didn't really get the chance to get at his man too tough because again, they were just sitting back a lot of the time, doubling up in wide areas. When we first started the game, him and Alonso were having a jolly up. Like it was so easy to find them from um, the middle of the park, basically. Any ball over the top or whatever to get them in type of thing. But I think obviously Emery and his little like defensive ways and that quickly sussed it out. And yeah, the joy stopped a bit. But yeah, that, the lineup was more or less as expected based on preseason. Who's been back? Um, who's only just coming back and that type of thing. But yeah. Yeah, well put together. Well put together. And Sam, how did you feel? 
Yeah, similar. Uh, to be fair, I don't really have as much problem with the lineup uh, as Ben does. Uh, I, I do get what you're saying about against low blocks, the lineup could be difficult um, to break teams down. But I think like putting Hudson Odoi at right wing back is kind of an answer to that. I don't think we got to see the best of him yesterday. I think it was probably one of his poorest games at wing back. Um, but I'm not hearing all that, oh, he can't play there and all this and that, because when he does play well, he can play there. When he doesn't play well, he can't play there. So, I mean, I think he just had a, I wouldn't say he was bad yesterday. He just wasn't really what, what we know he could be. Um, very happy to see Trevor start. Uh, he's kind of like, I wouldn't say sneaked in. Of course, he's earned it. But if you spoke kind of a year ago, two years ago, uh, Trevor was never kind of one that was touted to end up playing for Chelsea eventually. Like you obviously hear the murmurs around the club and they were kind of Tamori, Gurhi, who have both gone. And now Trevor seems to be getting his chance. So I'm happy for him, man. I'm not sure what's going to happen with the season with him. If he's going to go on loan or stay, might be better for him if he goes on loan. Um, yeah, the front three, obviously, Timo Werner. I mean, there was one time in that like 20th minute where um, I think Hudson Odoi played it in the middle to him and he touched it and fell over. And I was like, oh, <laughs> here we go, man. Like, here we go again. Uh, yeah, I was happy to see Ziyech. Probably been our star performer in um, preseason. Obviously, fuck, uh, shame what happened to him. It's just same as last preseason. Was it? Was it Brighton? He got injured in, I think, last preseason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So shame for him. He seems to be putting some form together, albeit preseason. Well, is this game preseason or is it the start of the season? I mean, that's another debate. But we we won, so it's start of the season. You know, yeah, exactly. Won. We won, so it's start of the season. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, they won. You got to start bad. winning ways, man. You got to start winning. Yeah, ways. Exactly. You know, they won. I say every European trophy doubled up now. We doubled mm -hmm. them up. Two, so, two, give me two of them. <laughs> give me two. Yeah, exactly, give me both yeah. of them. Um, yeah, I, was, I mean, Havertz, I think, to be fair, Havertz probably had one of his poorest games yesterday. He looked tired. He looked a bit, mm -hmm. I don't know, he, just, he didn't really look on top yesterday. Um, I'm very happy that he's not going to be playing as our main striker this year. Not that I don't rate him. I just prefer yeah. him working off someone or working behind someone rather than being the focal point. I feel like you lose a lot of what Kai gives you. Uh, Kante, phenomenon. I, just, I run out of super, uh, run out of hyperbole to describe this guy anymore, to be honest. Like, it's pointless. He's just incredible. Um, Kovacic, he actually was really good the first half, I felt. Um, yeah, I agree. Second half, he faded off a bit, looked a bit tired. Alonso, hey, as much as hey, Sorry, I've got, I've, got, I've got to jump in it. Second half, yeah. That guy, I don't know what he did at halftime. I, I don't know what 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 he yeah, was man. smoking at halftime. I, I don't know. But it was very very strong. It, it was a, it was a, it was a pack. It was smelling a yeah. bit like mush kush. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah trust was... me. Like whatever strand of it that he was bunning, you know what it is. Yeah, I obviously man has a theory in it. Like you man saw Ziyech get injured, injured in it. You saw him at the end of the game. She should got him right in it. Obviously Kovacic tried jump on the same thing. And obviously, it was a bit too strong for him. You know what it was? It wasn't really acclimatised. So. What you laced this with, brother? Yeah, man. That's what, yeah, that's why we saw that second half performance, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to look too deeply into a game like that. Um, but I do think Kovacic is probably in a position where he's third midfielder at the minute, which I'm happy with. I like Kovacic. I think he can give you a lot. Um, but he does have his limitations. Alonso, I mean, we can't beat this guy. I'll be honest, second mm -hmm. half, there was like kind of 45th to 80th minute. He was looking like the old Alonso, but the first 45, he was 
Yeah, he was balling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it just seems like every time he's kind of on the cusp, oh, he might leave, he might, he just seems to put together one or two performances and then he ends up staying. And I think we're in for it another year. So let's get ready for Alonso. Yeah, literally. King Ramon Tardo, man. Literally that, man. Literally yeah, and like, big hey, shout ben. out to Kepa as well. Obviously, yeah, he's yeah, hey, Big shout out to Kepa, man. Big Kepa, big Kepa. I'm, I was big happy Kepa, for him, man. man. I was happy for him. Agreed, agreed, man. You can just imagine how much that's going to do for his confidence. Exactly. Yeah, man. Like, it's, 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 probably, it's probably like, this, this hopefully may just be the turning point in his career. Maybe he won't be here at Chelsea, but may, maybe he'll be elsewhere. And, and yeah. As much as people have, lo- have loved to slander him, me being one of them, we know he's, um, with his wrist, but... You just got to, yeah, got to back him, man. Like, I'm happy. I'm happy to see it. And it, it just shows you that yeah, as 100%. a manager, you've really, really just got to, go, you've got to get the best out of your squad. You can't, you know, bash them in the media. You, you've got to just, whatever yeah. you can do for praise, wise, you've got to do it. Like, we, we heard him too, Colin, he's on post-match. He spoke about the data guys and what they said about Kepa being good at penalties. Like, he, he's just looking for positives when he, when each player. And it's something that we we have to take, we can't take for yeah, granted man. when it comes for as a manager. And I don't shout know about you guys. Shout out Mendy as well, man. Shout out Mendy as well. Because hey, when he slipped here yeah, and they got the ball. Jesus. Yeah. That was... And then do you know what the crazy thing about it was? He actually saved it. Yeah. Yeah. That was a mad save. Actually, it was well. a crazy save. Crazy save. So we, we, we seem to be blessed with one in-game keeper or one keeper to steal with penalties. It's calm, I'll take it. I'll yeah, definitely rules. take it. I'll definitely take it. So, guys, so what, how do you guys feel like that that result sets up sets us up for the season? Do you think it's something we can look into and further, or do you think it's a it's kind of a game whereby it's just getting players back up to match fitness? You know, it's preseason. Because for me personally, I do think it will be interesting because a lot of those players did play 120 minutes. So, will we see yeah. them on Saturday? Yeah, I, I personally think it's a bit of both in terms of like what you can potentially read into it and if it's just, you know, players coming back because obviously you still want to win when you've not played at your absolute best. And then obviously you can still take points from it system-wise, if that makes sense, like tactically. So even if players aren't executing like they might execute at certain at other times, like, you know, in, in the season, you can take a lot of things from it in terms of like the, the, the tactical dynamic and the and the matchup, if that makes sense. Um uh, especially in this, like the second half, and I want to say like the latter latter parts of the first half. Like, I wouldn't say the second half of the first half into the second half. Like um, when teams do sort out, you know how easily you can find your wing backs, especially over the top. Obviously, it affects it suddenly affects how high they can be because with unlike with um, you know with wingers or whatever. Um, with wingbacks, you very much know that you're responsible for both ways, if that makes sense. You've really got a time when you go. You can't just decide that you're going to stay up. And if you do, obviously, there's a there's a trade-off there, if that makes sense. That's why I always say, with the threat about people always say there's an extra man in the attack. There's not. Because there's always a trade-off, no matter what formation you play. Like, the two centre mids, for example, they can't really move, and they've got to kind of stay there with the three to make sure that all your areas are covered, if that makes sense. So... Obviously, in terms of like, I, I don't think we had we, we didn't have trouble building, but then again, they didn't press particularly well. Um, there was a couple of moments where you know you can tell guys were probably getting back into it. Uh, I remember Kante and Hudson they found themselves in the corner and played out beautifully, but in general, you can kind of tell who's been back longer and who hasn't, type of thing. Obviously, Mount came on as well at the end. Werner, for as much as you know, he's a funny guy, or whatever. I swear to god. As much as he's weird in general, the guy actually looks still looks tired as well, which is a little, I would say a little bit worrying, but we've now got Lukaku in, but at the same time, Werner, this does still give you a lot in terms of runs and all these kind of things. But yeah, even on that note, actually, I'm actually quite happy because, that we got Lukaku in because it takes 
the pressure off of um, Werner and Havertz and how much they're actually going to play. Same with Mount as well. Um, especially when they're all rotating as, um, you know, trying to um, not be a focal point, but try trying to trade off, you know, the, the the fact that we don't have a focal point. So, yeah, I don't know. Everything's um, is, is, is bubbling. It's bubbling. I think, I hope, hopefully this season we have a certain, like, turning point or something where, you know, like, two quarter sides that for the smaller games or the majority of games, we're going to have to go with this four at the back type of thing. But, yeah, that's that's what I took from the game. But I think a lot of that was already me carrying certain stuff into the game um, in terms of, like, thoughts on the formation and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Can I ask you a question? So, you mentioned that point of how, you know, Timo does look tired. You know, we, we also mentioned just now that Kai looks tired in 120 minutes. And you've yeah. got Lukaku that's coming in and he hasn't really had that much of a preseason as, as far as I'm aware. So, looking to Saturday, who plays up top? Uh boy, boy, it, it depends on training, doesn't it? Michi Batshuayi. Oh, potentially, you know, <laughs> you know what? That's a shout. No way he starts. They'll start Havertz, I think. Yeah, I don't think he'll start, but he might get on the pitch. To be fair, because it looks like timing. Maybe, time but was he was he even in the squad for the Super Cup? I didn't see him in any of the I'm celebrations. Sure. I don't think he was. Hopefully, well, he must. He has to stick around, really, because I'm not. We I need, long... yeah. Yeah, this we'll season, have one hour striker. Yeah, no, but because I'm thinking Tammy's going, right? Tammy's going. That's a, almost a certainty. Um, Werner, I, I've said, I don't think this guy's a striker in this in this league. In in, other, in another, like back in the Bundesliga, maybe. Or I don't think he's position. a footballer, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, no, he's not a striker in this league. So if you're talking about actual number nines, actual proper strikers, we're going to need at least two. And then I have a Werner that can play up front, but maybe isn't fully suited to play in there in this league it depends on how you do it right so surely Mitchie has to stay surely sure doesn't it defeat the object a tiny bit not in terms of um obviously quality but in terms of even just general numbers and and and, and um um backup and that kind of stuff to bring Lukaku in and then let Mitchie both Mitchie and Tammy go because as it is obviously Tammy's looking like he's gonna go if Mitchie goes as well we're gonna have no strikers in the squad obviously Lukaku's coming now do you I've, I've made a mess of explaining that, but numbers-wise, it doesn't make sense, I don't think, to let Michi go after bringing Lukaku in in terms mm-hmm. of striking backup. I'm going to ask you another question now. So if you're if you're Michi, right, and, you know, you, there's some there's some interest in Turkey, it seems, and, and you know, that, that may be a, a route for play Champions League football, would you want to be that, what, would it be, what, fourth-choice striker here at Chelsea? Or would you want to go for I the mean, certified game time? Game time, well, game time, obviously, but... You know, it is with two cool, man. He's on this thing where, you know, it's, um, you know, listen, everyone can eat in it. It just depends on what you show him in it. And Donny will even do charity minutes and that kind of stuff. So, like, it just depends on how he feels in it. Obviously, we're not on the training ground every day. We don't know what Tuchel's saying to him and that kind of stuff. But I think at a certain point, man, like, finding yourself going to play in Turkey and all them leagues now when you've got a certain level of, a, like, finishing ability like he does, I think he'd be... I, I I don't think it's I just don't think it's right in it if that makes sense. I think he should test himself at getting game time here and being being a certy backup at, at the very least. At the very very least, trying to get minutes like he was um, um, when Costa was was number one, which wasn't even a lot anyways. But he's fallen even from that, so I'd definitely focus on trying to get trying to cement himself as the backup here. That's a fair point. That is a fair point. And Sam, you know. Ben made it made an interesting point there earlier on about the um the three at the back. And I know you you also 
had a point about the fact that, you know, when you have Cho there at right wing back, you know, he is another attacking option. But do you think that position, playing him in the right, do you think that actually allows him to show his um, capabilities? Because we all know that, you know, on the left, you, you do seem to see a lot more of him. And um, shout out a man like Joe, but one of his listeners' questions was, in fact, that do you think that that position allows him to um, sh- showcase his talents? Am I allowed to answer this question, yeah? Go for yeah, it, man. That's, that's how I asked you. Is that, is that all right, yeah? <laughs> um, I mean, left. Uh, he's probably not as dangerous at right wing back as he would be at left wing um, or even left wing back. Uh, yes, he's probably better on the left. I don't think that means he's rubbish on the right, though. Um, we've seen plenty of performances where he's been good on the right. Um, I know the whole argument about it changes kind of the whole angle of the pitch for him. And it, um, it, it's not what he's learned as a youth player. Like he's been playing predominantly on the left or I think he played in the middle a bit at youth level as well. So it does kind of change the angles of things and make it more difficult. But I, I truly believe he's good enough to be a good right wing back. Um, he has a very good passing range, uh, long and short. Uh, Oh, sorry. Uh, he has a very good passing range, long and short. Uh, so I think when he plays wing back, it gives him the space to kind of assess what pass to make. And he's very good at that, I think. I'd say that's probably his, for me, one of his best attributes is that he's very good at assessing which pass to make in which situation. Um, but yeah, I, I don't want to look too deeply into yesterday just because he was a bit like, yeah, he was a bit iffy yesterday. But young players always are going to have games where they're not, at their full thing. And I feel like with Cho, because people hold him up to this kind of unrealistic height, every game that he plays seems to be a, I'm doing inverted air commas here, a legacy game or whatever people say. And that just seems to be every single game he plays. Like, can he not just play? Yeah. Like, yeah. Can he not just play a game yeah. and just learn how to play? Like, he's yeah. easily got the skill to be right wing back. Like, yesterday, he definitely was getting caught out a few times like you could see the ball going over him and he wasn't kind of aware where the player was behind him but I don't really expect him to do that and yeah I I don't think Thomas Tuchel really I think the reason for playing free at the back is normally you had Trevor there or whoever's playing in that right centre back position to come over and cover for him you're putting Cho there for his attacking threat and people focus far too much on right wing back they're like oh he's a defender but he's not like he's not really defending that much um yeah I do think he's better at left wing I, I, w- I wouldn't ever argue that but we have we have a, we have more left wingers we don't firstly we don't even really play a left winger we play like an inside left forward and we have more talent there than we have at right wing back and I think his skills can easily be used at right wing back um I, I I just think as as a player, it's good for him to be getting game times. Yeah, um, fair enough. Yeah, but my my point was not not even just him playing them left wing at the top. But do you think playing right wing back versus left wing back? Do you think the left wing back position will be a lot more beneficial to see what he can offer? And do you think that would also benefit the team when him playing at right wing back? Uh, yeah, I, I I possibly could say he'd be better at left wing back because he's more used to playing on the left. Um. He likes cutting in. He likes passing it in, inside field. He probably feels more comfortable being able to go down the uh, left side and then cut in than he does to go down the right side and whip it in. But I think we probably have, I would say, Chilwell. Chilwell is going to be our starting left wing back, I imagine. Okay, 
So I would say he is better than James or Aspie as a wing-back, personally. So then you have to think about the team. And I think Cho could play either as a backup, but I don't think he's probably going to start there. And I think that's just the, the nature of it. I don't think he's going to be the starting wing-back. But as backup, I think he can play either or. And I don't think it's going to make such a big difference that we need him on the left. That's just, how I, like, that's just how I feel. I feel like people, like I said earlier, the people focus so much on Hudson-Odoi, we just seem to ignore everything else that's going on around him. Yeah. So well, for, me, for me, pers- sorry, go on. No, I was going to pass it on to you, Ben, go on. You know, I was going to say, for me personally, I'm not that focused on whether it's right wing or left wing because... Uh, um, for, for me, he shelled it in both positions, if that makes sense. And there was actually a time where, yeah, this was a couple of seasons back now, where I was saying he should play right wing more because he was, there was a certain period where he was overcomplicating things a little bit. But I we've seen him, that, yeah, we've seen him shell it for both. I think the main difference here is not whether it's right or left, but it's wing back or wing. Because I think there's a certain element of risk that you're going to take as a winger knowing you have uh, an inside, you have a right CM behind you or a left CM behind you and your fullback behind you. And then a centre-back can come wide as well. There's, there's so many, in terms of freedom and in your head and whether something is with, um, like some, something is um, worth taking the risk, if that makes sense, or making that run, staying higher up, taking someone on, all of these things you can do without thinking when you're playing on the wing. Whereas if you're playing wing back, you know you're responsible for that flank. People can cover you. Of course they can cover you. But at the same time, the way that um, the people behind you have got to cover like their zones is, is a lot different, if that makes sense. Whereas when you're playing, when a man is playing right wing or left wing and has got a right back or left back behind him, he knows that they've got that area or a centimeter has gone there to cover or someone is directly behind you, if that makes sense. So for me, it's more a wing back issue rather than whether it's right or left. Um, because like I said, we've seen him shed it on both, but even times where, um, and obviously I don't believe in this narrative that obviously, because Hazendoy is obviously good 1v1, I don't believe in this narrative that, that people kind of start on Twitter where he's got to take someone on every single time. But there's times where if you know his game, there's times where playing that wing back, he won't take someone on because he knows what the consequences are as a wing back rather than playing right wing or left wing, if that makes sense. So for me... Do you, for think, me sorry to judge, do you think that's because he's playing wing back? Because I think even when he was playing on the wing and playing a bit further upfield, yeah. I don't think his first thing is to take people on. It doesn't seem like that yeah, to yeah. me. Anyway. I think it's situational. I think it's situational, but that's, that's, what, that's exactly what I'm comparing, isn't it? Like certain situations where I feel like he would have taken someone on or taken the risk to do something maybe a little bit more eccentric that might come off. I feel like when he's playing on the wing, he'll do that in certain situations. And certain situations we saw yesterday, um, he didn't do that because obviously the consequences are a lot different. Um, so, and, and that's even part of what I was saying, um, the parts of the points I've been making in terms of the formation and whether it actually suits our players or whether our squad and our players are just so gifted that whatever the formation we play, we're going to play it to a certain level. I just don't think it's the best. I don't think it's going to get the optimum out of them, but we've got such gifted players and are such a gifted coach that whatever formation we play, we're going to play it to a certain level. But for me, like stuff like, um, you know, the downsides of what we saw yesterday were more to do with the system, not necessarily suiting him and other players for me, rather than whether it's right or left wing type of thing and him, more him as an individual, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well put together. I feel it was, it was a good game overall, you know, 
I feel like the first half an hour, first 40 minutes whilst Ziyech was on, for me personally, that was definitely our best um, sustained period. You know, Ziyech, he was really good in possession. He made a couple of chances. I was also, I've also just been really impressed overall in the preseason. And he's been, he's been like my bet for like a player to like um, actually go ahead, push ahead and really impress this season. In terms of the rest of the team, Trevor Chalabar, amazing, amazing, amazing performance. I don't know if you guys have seen the tweet from him from 2017, you know, where he says, you know, I want to make it here at Chelsea. And hey, what, what can we say, man? Here he is winning a Super Cup. And it's something that's really amazing to see because before this, I don't think as many people would have really been ringing his name out as much as any other academy player. So for you, personally, it's really good to see. Shout out, Timpson. Shout out, Timpson. Shout out Timson because he he has had stocks for quite a quite a long time. Yeah, and I can tell his stocks right now are definitely booming. Definitely, definitely booming. Ben, what did you think about our, our back line in, in general? Because I did feel as though um in terms of standouts, Tre- Trevor was really good. I also thought Shout yeah. Rudiger. Rudiger was really good. Oh, yeah, goal. yeah, yeah. Rudiger's yeah. passing range is it's amazing, I, man. Bro, he just hit those ball. whips across field, bruv. Like he bro. picks them out for fun. He hits Literally, them for fun. Yeah, literally, I was going to say, on the ball in general, you know what to expect from him, innit? Like, yeah. in terms of, I remember when we had the, the him and David Luiz partnership, I loved it in terms of build-up because both of them will take that risk. And, like, I feel like when you do certain things, when you're building up from the back, it does so, so much. Yeah. There was one pass of... he played to Alonso, man, that was yeah. cold. He, like, passed literally. it inside. And he, yeah. Alonso actually got there. And Alonso's, like, really slow. So that pass yeah. has to be, like, pinpointed. He's perfect, yeah, yeah, no, literally, I feel like when you have centre-backs that will take, that will not just do the conventional or play it safe, that will drive and can commit a midfielder or commit a man that wants to be really in part of the block or make a certain pass or be progressive type of thing, I feel like it just shifts the lines of the opposition a little bit further apart than they would normally be. And it gives space to the midfielders and the attackers ahead of them. Because it causes sense. a midfielder from the opposition to have to be like, oh, Shit, Rudiger's on the ball. I have to close exactly. him down. If I don't close yeah. him down, he's pinging it out to he's pinging it out to Hudson Odoi on the right wing back. Yeah. He's playing it inside, like he's doing something with it. So it requires yeah. a midfielder, and then that normally leaves a midfielder free. Yeah, so it's definitely helpful, man. Anything like, that makes the opposition come apart from their block is literally so useful for the players further up. Like yeah. there's times when he'll just get the ball, he'll 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 go, he'll um, drive a bit to commit a man, and then well, the options are like see that you know that the the way the options are set up and the way the opposition is set up he might as well keep running because they're not really worried about him they're worried about someone else to the point where they have to confront him and when he has to be confronted it frees up space for someone else when he eventually releases the ball so I'm a big fan of what he does yeah, in the ball in he terms done it of, twice like, last night with a driving as well like, yeah he just drove through the midfield and then one he ended like the second one he just done some dead shot I don't know why he done that but yeah. the first <laughs> one he actually laid it off and it was yeah like he, he's yeah. he's his, the way he's turned his form around and I don't know if it's like Lampard's fault or whatever, but the way he tried to do him dirty, bro, really and truly. Yeah, Lampard definitely stuck our defenders in it, but yeah, he still was playing like an idiot. I'm not gonna lie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. As much as Lampard was tactically stupid, Rudiger was doing some weird shit. Oh, hundred percent. 100%. 100%. Yeah. But he's a little bit of that kind of guy in terms of, I think he's mainly depends on the structure around him. I think if it's messy, he's going to be messy. If it's not, he's going to be brilliant, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, and, yeah, and probably, obviously, yeah, I agree, man. Yeah, obviously, we also have to remember as well that he was coming back from the injury as well in the, um, not last, not true, last true. season, just gone, 
the one um, Lampard's first season. Yeah, Lampard's first season. I feel like he even got rushed back a little bit because there was no real senior centre back, if that makes sense. That had been playing for the club for the last few years, if that makes sense. Yeah. So true. yeah, I'm really, I'm really happy with what he's doing. Um, I don't want to see. Uh, you might know that I respect Zuma in it, but I, at the end of the day, I know a man's limitations, and I know, you know, you know the situation with any player. Every player has limitations. Like, do you have to know what situation to put them in? And obviously, it wasn't tested yesterday, but I don't think Zuma. I don't think we sh- we should be regularly ever seeing situations where Zuma is the middle centre back purely because he's more he's a recovery centre back rather than a read the game, step into the midfield type of thing. With Tre- with both Trevor and Rudiger on the pitch, who are so good on the ball and are good at reading the game, so good at reading the game. I was shocked to see Zuma was the one in the middle, but. Over, as the season develops, I doubt we're going to see him there anyways, because if, if we're talking about hierarchy in terms of middle centre-back, it's still Thiago Silva and Christensen um, probably ahead of him in terms of that that central position. But yeah, I don't want to see that one again, because that can be... That I don't think we will see it too much, to be yeah. honest. I think I think you have to have Rudiger on the left. If you, he normally obviously plays there, but if you have Alonso as well, I think you need Rudiger as that left centre-back to cover him. Um, yeah. I guess Zuma could probably do that as well, to be perfectly honest, but but do yeah, you want Zuma on his left foot? No. Nah, hell no. Hell no. I, I need mean, right I think centre back. The centre, like, is difficult because, like you said, you're the one who normally has more of the ball and you have to kind of pick it up. But it's also probably easier for certain things. Yeah. Like, the pitch is a lot bigger. He can go either way. He's airily, he's so strong. So, yeah, that's true. a benefit to having him in the centre. Um, but yeah, positionally, to be fair, he wasn't, I don't really think he was that bad last night. Um, if anything, he was probably better than Christensen when he came on, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Christensen hasn't really played yet, so I'll give him a bit of leeway. But yeah, I'm happy with Zuma as like a cover, but I'm kind of with you. I don't really want him starting. Mm, fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, to be fair, I, I, I do think, you know, under Lampard, really good. He had his moments, but I feel like, if I'm to be honest, I don't really think there were that many moments which were worrying. I think it's similar to what Ben said about structurally and I think it's with most centre backs anyway if, if a structure is not re- ready set you're going to be very open to making these like individual errors as, as Lampard <laughs> like to quote if you get what I mean yeah yeah man 100% and it was definitely more the first season even the second season when Lampard was there he was he was cold he was good yeah, man. He was, like, it went under the radar because we were shit but he, he was good like yeah I think he had like one really dumb game I can't remember what it was but I just Sheffield. remember that Sheffield I yeah remember. Sheffield that was it just playing like an idiot um, but yeah, he was even good under Lampard's second season. I think it's probably like Ben said, it was probably just the injury, man. Like, yeah, literally, you got rushed back. Exactly, exactly. And and not just to move on a bit further, I want to talk about the midfield because interestingly enough, I, I thought in the first couple of minutes, you know, Kante and Kobe were a really good pairing, obviously. But what it makes me worry about is the fact that do you guys think we have a bit of a light issue in terms of our midfield, in terms of personnel, because. For me personally, um, the way I look at it, I, I do think Trevor Chalobah could be that full centre mid because that's the position he played majority-wise at um, Lorient. He played yeah. in Huddersfield and, and it seemed to be like something like the managers have, have, sent, have tend to, um, to echo as well. You know, I know a lot of fans would, would prefer Declan Rice to come in, which would be fair enough, but yeah. I do feel as though um, having a full centre, centre mid, you know, you don't want it to be a, a big money player that's going to be expected to play in minutes you know, yeah. straight away. Because you've really yeah, got Jorginho and Kante who are already going to be starters. You know, you've got Kovacic as well who, who knows, you know, at this point of his career, is he going to be happy being that third choice as it is anyway? So if you add that extra midfielder in, it really does change the dynamic. 
So I just want to get you guys' opinions on um, that um, midfield. Do you think we're light in midfield and how would you guys go about sorting it? Uh, I think we, we are a bit light in a worst case scenario. Like Kante, touch wood, I'm touching my desk right now, it's wood. Um, <laughs> his injuries seem to have got kind of back on track and he hasn't really been injured for a while because he had that kind of year year or two where he seemed to be getting injured a lot and he couldn't manage one uh, more than one game a week. But they seem to be kind of getting back to normal Kante levels now. Um, Jorginho, he never... I can't remember him ever having an injury at Chelsea. I, I don't know if I'm wrong in that, but... No, I can't, can I? Yeah, I can't remember him ever being out for at least more than a week. So, I mean, Kante and Jorginho, I think most would agree, are probably our first choice centre mids, right? Like, they're one and yeah. two. Cover third. Uh, his injury record is a little bit lately. He seems to have been getting a few kind of little injuries here and there. I think he's a fine third option. I think he can play yeah. with either Kante or Jorginho. Maybe yeah. we won't give you the same level as Kante and Jorginho give you, but I think it's calm for probably 80% of games in the Premier League. Uh, in terms of fourth, I think, like you said there, we've got Chalibur. Um, in the same way, Reese arguably could come in there. Christensen yeah, Ruben's there, there as Denmark. well. Like, we've had a lot of... We've got Zuma. No, I'm joking. That was Mourinho. Remember Mourinho yeah. around me? Streets won't forget that League Cup final, man. Streets will not forget that one. Jesus. Yeah, we probably don't have, like, a rigid fourth choice. Sent. I mean, we've got Ruben. I don't really yeah. know what's happening with him. He didn't play last night. He didn't even get on the pitch. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, maybe we are a little bit light compared to other teams in the top four. But then I look at these other teams in the top four and, yeah, they might not be light, but the players they're bringing in, like, okay. <laughs> like some of the players that get mentioned that they're bringing in, people saying, like, oh, yeah, look, like they've got, like, Ox and Curtis Jones. And it's like, all right, okay. Like, <laughs> they're, not, <laughs> they're no better than I don't think what we've got, like, yeah, yeah. I think our backup is maybe it's one area you are a little bit light, but like you said, Babs, bringing in a firstly West Ham even speaking about eighty million for Declan Rice is is wild, absolutely criminal behaviour. But well, to be fair, I don't blame them if he's worth he's worth it to them, but he ain't worth it to us. Um, so I think Gilmore going, I'm I'm happy for him. It was a good move for him, and hopefully he plays week in week out. And I don't know if um you lot saw the. I can't remember. There was like a Norwich fan TV or whatever, but they were yeah, yeah. The they were raving about him, man. They were saying he's he's class. Um, yeah. So that, that's good for him, man. He's gonna. I think that'll be good for his career. Uh, I think Tuchel likes him. I think the plan is for Gilmore to come back and be that. Well, I don't know about fourth choice because Georgina and Kante. Who knows what happens in a year's time? Um, so I think Gilmore is kind of trying to be put on that path to become yeah. Chelsea's yeah. kind of starting midfielder. But how many times have we heard that with? our youth players so who bloody knows with that um but yeah we may be a little bit light but i think i think i think we can manage i think i think we're calm yeah i agree with you brothers. i think obviously trev can do that job obviously ruben can not even do that job as in trev excelled where did he play last season it was sent him in so yeah trev can more than do that job and he acts as he will act as a sitter anyway so kovacic kind of needs that kind of person anyways i think the problem was um when it wasn't Kante or Jorginho last season. It wasn't really any kind of... Actually, when it's not Jorginho in general, it's not any kind of sitter. 
and Trevor would be a sitter, if that makes sense. Uh, uh, I guess a more conventional DM rather than a deep line playmaker, if that makes sense. But um, either way, he's a sitter, if that makes sense. And we don't have anyone else like that. I think that's it's more... I don't even think it's a, a problem in terms of depth, in terms of like numbers. It's more a skills gap in terms of... I, in an ideal world, if you was to play one eleven and then change the full 11 for the next game, obviously rare, but still you want to have that luxury of going with the same style of player in almost every every position, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I agree. Obviously, him and Georgia are not the, they're not the exact same type of player, but positionally, they would, they both do sit, if that makes sense. They are the deepest man in that midfield. So, it wouldn't be like Romers or anything, like, when I say Romers, not the team, obviously, just, I mean, like, roaming around the pitch and that kind of thing, in the way that Ruben would Hey, Roma, Roma. Oh, Uncle Uncle Jose, one last one last um, favor for us, man. Come and collect Tammy. We yeah, need that man. forty million. Yeah, bring that dough. Bring the bread. Bring the bread. Bring yeah, the bread. man, bring that and let Tammy eat in Serie A. I know. Yeah, no cap, no cap, man. But yeah, no, nah, yeah. Positionally, in it, positionally, it makes super sense. And like Sam said, fourth choice um, centre mid. Yeah, there's not even not even like. There's no point spending any dough on that, really. When we have an academy like we do, I think in most teams that would be the case. Like, not don't spend that much dough in terms of a full strength centre mid, anyways. But especially the yeah. academy we do, there's no excuse, really. Especially because we only really play two as well. Like yeah. Most teams play three. We only yeah. play two, so there's less spaces there. Exactly. And we even forgot to mention Mason Mount, who, yeah, we've seen him in the oh, game, yeah. but it might not be his best role. Um, it's been a bit iffy, but I mean, if needs be, if in a world where Jorginho, Kante, cover all get injured, which probably is not going to happen, hopefully yeah. not anyway, then we do have players that can fit in there. You might not yeah. give you... I think Jorginho is probably the... Like Ben said, is the one that you're like, we don't really have a... Yeah. I mean, of course, we don't have a replacement for Kante, but we have people that can do what he does a lot worse. Yeah, but, but they can stylistically. Yeah. It makes it makes sense. Yeah. We really don't have anyone that does what Jorginho does. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's probably an iffy one, but I hope he can stay fit throughout the whole season, man. He normally does, and he yeah. needs to change his hair as well because that's dead. <laughs> no, no, I'm hearing it. I'm hey, hearing man, streets are saying that's that that's that triple European dub, bro. Hey, streets are calling man Tiago silverware. Brazy, hey, brazy, brazy. Like good times, man. He told him Marshall Mathers, man. That's what he looks like, Marshall Mathers. Yeah, no, nah, I'm respecting it still. Man, looking like any, every every DC supervillain ever, fam. And I'm here for it, fam. Because they don't... They, listen, all I'm going to say, they don't want to see Jorginho pick up the Ballon d'Or. That's what I'm going to say now, innit? I mean, yeah. I'm a Chelsea fan. I don't want to see Jorginho. <laughs> hey, listen, listen. You know me, I am sickening. If Luka Modric can pick up the Ballon d'Or, yeah, so can Jorginho. No disrespect to Modric, innit? But on a trophy thing, bring it to my boy. Bring my boy that Ballon d'Or. Yeah, well put together, man. Well put together. And with that um, Super Cup segment wrapped up, I was supposed to get you guys' opinions on the on the season coming forward. You know, like, hey, we've got 38 games in the league. You know, I, for me personally, I've always said the league and um, knockout tournaments, they're very similar. They're very, very different. You know, so the expectations are going to be oh. very different. So how do you guys think this um, recent success translate into, translate into the league? Because obviously after spending so much money, we're going to really want to push on and actually challenge we're going to really want to set the foundation for the next couple of years. So how do you guys, what are you guys' expectations, I should say? And how do you guys think we will be able to adapt going into the league? First. Um, yeah, go on. Go on, Sam. First, we're winning it. 
I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not confident of winning. Right, it's been too long, man. It's been too long. We, we need that yeah. Premier League trophy at Chelsea, man. Right. How, how long has it been now? We're not like certain clubs. What's Arsenal? 17 oh, years. Them, United, not, United coming on 10 years now. Come 10 on, years. Man, that's us. not us. That isn't us. Since the departure it's, it's, it's of Sally Ferguson. We're winning Since the departure of Fergie, that club still wallows, fam. Don't compare us to them, man. Yeah, yeah man. We're winning it. We're, 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 we're winning it. Listen, I think Definitely. we'll challenge in it, but I, I, I'll be, I'll be real. I don't, I don't see us taking it with this threat at the back. The way it currently is, isn't it? I think we've got all the tools. It's just about how those tools have been arranged in the toolbox. And I think maybe we'll have a pivotal moment in the season where um, something will happen, or maybe it's even a game where we scrape by and we don't play well or whatever. But Tuchel's not one to rest on his laurels type of thing. So maybe we'll have the pivotal moment, a bit like Conte season, where something happens and then we change the system and then dash the opposite way around you know, go from three to four yeah yeah essentially essentially because I'm not sure I can see it with the threat about the way it currently is especially in terms of all the gifted players that we have I feel like even in squads where there's loads of gifted players generally there's a hierarchy and I don't I'm not even sure how I think there is a bit of a hierarchy with us but not enough to even um, know or have a clear plan of how exactly like clearly map out in my head how exactly we're gonna you know take this league title if that makes sense so it hopefully we end up going forward yeah, yeah I definitely agree with you in the sense of like I think where City I'd say City are the team that I'm most worried about yeah um, where City kind of trump us is gonna be I think the games against the top I'm not even gonna say top six because Arsenal Tottenham don't deserve to be in any top nothing yep. so top four the games against the top four I think we're going to be calm. Like I think we'll we'll win a couple. We, I mean, we might lose. You never know those games. But I think we'll be calm in those games. We'll have a decent record against the top four. It's the other games where I Big am facts, slightly man. worried. Because like, I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but that's exactly why I said them in terms of like the, the league format and the knockout yeah. is so different because when you played um three for three and similar to what Ben said, where it's not exactly it's not it's not actually five attackers. Hey, when you're playing against Brighton, as we saw last season, and you've got Reese and um, Chilwell as more traditional fullbacks playing wing backs, you've only got three attackers. The dynamics do change, you know. Like, and I'm just worried about how we actually attack and go forward. Yeah, so, right. and City pepper these teams every year as well. Exactly. 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 You know, when you just see City like on against one of those teams in the bottom half, and you just don't even bother checking the score, like, it's like yeah, they're going to win three four nil. Like, it's just random. Guys scoring, Ferran Torres getting two or something. Like, it's just, yeah, that is where my main worry is. Mm. But I think a lot is reliant on Lukaku. If Lukaku yeah. bangs, we don't concede. Yeah. Like, we don't concede many, regardless of who we're playing. We're probably going to have the best defensive record in the league if we stick to this system. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. So or some, somewhere we, near it, at least. Yeah. If we score goals, and Lukaku, like I do think there's certain moments last year where there was a couple draws. If we turn our draws into wins, mm. like Lukaku can make goals on his ones as well, man. Like he's not but just you know what a striker familiar. that needs to be fed. Like he can, he can like do madnesses on his own. Yeah, like, I think he has gone up a level since he's last been here. And yes, there's yeah, the argument, there's the argument that um, obviously the Serie A kind of plays into his hands a bit more with certain things. Yeah, it definitely does. I think, I think, yeah, I, I, I honestly, but, I've got, I've got, we're, we're doing it, mate. We're doing it. You know what it is? You I'm know what putting, it is putting my money where my mouth is. I, I'm dead. Okay. You got no record, yeah? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Now, for me, you know what it is? It's not that I, I don't disagree with anything you said. It's just that I don't feel like it's comfortable enough for me in terms of how many chances, how we play going forward, for me, is not at the level where I can be confident like that, if that makes sense. Like, I know we'll do enough type of thing. Like, in terms of the first two thirds of the pitch, 100% know we'll do enough. And then um, I think we do enough to get by in the final third, even with Lukaku in terms of, I, we have to see who's going to play behind him type of thing. But it will definitely be a case of him just, we don't create chances galore, which for me is not a worry because we still create enough to win, but I don't want it to be yeah. like that. I feel like it, it should and can be better than that. And for me, again, like that comes down to the system because I feel like we've got these floaters that want to float behind a, a focal point. And of course, they're going to be able to do that now with the three anyways. And we're probably going to see some, we're going to see some of that anyways, but it's going to be two of them floating behind a focal point. Personally, I want to see three of them in a, in a four at the back, especially against these low block teams. But definitely, the side of Lukaku, regardless, gives me more confidence no matter what formation we're playing. And even, it's going to rectify I need a lot him of... to bang, man. I need Lukaku yeah. to bang. I really yeah. do. Like, yeah, so how long since we've since Costa that like, we just haven't yeah. had a striker? Yeah, we like, we've just been a load of fucking idiots. Yeah, I, 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 need um... I need to mind my language, man, because <laughs> strikers we've had, yeah? No, no, like, as a club, we do that. I can't be asked. We never go from, from like era to era in terms of strikers, well, ever. We always have an awkward period. If we want to talk about our top strikers, we talk about Drogba, then we talk about Kostler, and then we could be talking about Lukaku here. Hopefully, we'll be talking about Lukaku here, but we always have an awkward period in between every single That's time. That's a, what, 16, 17-year period? That's, yeah. It's crazy when you mad. think about it. It's mad. Lukaku does, if you're looking at Chelsea's histories, and people like yeah. to mention this. I don't like to mention it too much, even though I mention it right now. Chelsea's history of strikers, Lukaku yeah. fits that mould. Like he 100%. does. Like he's a focal point. He's. Um, I haven't watched too much of Syria, but my good friend Freemium has, and he's told me that his back to goal game has got. Yeah, it's improved a lot. Better. And you know, it's just general confidence as well because even in Syria, so I watched quite a bit of Syria, especially um like last season and the sort of last three seasons in particular, but especially last season and the season before. And even just in terms of confidence and just determination, like people talk about obviously the league playing into his hands. And I get why people say that when you watch him in Serie A, because he will literally get the ball back to goal, not even care who's behind him, spin and just whoosh it type of thing. Like that kind of confidence. And that's, that's the kind of deadly confidence that he's got the ball. He's only losing it if he fucks it up himself. Like, yeah, yeah. you ain't getting it off him as a defender. Like you ain't, yeah. you ain't barging him off the ball. He's, yeah. he's bloody quick as well. Like, yep. Like, yep. Once he and gets going, he is quick. Yeah. He doesn't. He's he doesn't. Even, for a big lad, he doesn't actually need as much time to get going as normal. Like, yeah, yeah. He doesn't lads need, but he doesn't at all. Yeah, I mean, I, ju I just he's need. Good, him he's been better shape as well. He's been better shape again. He's exactly. yeah, well. And when he's confident, I've realised even the deficiencies in this game. So everyone always talks about him technically, and he's touching that kind of stuff. That stuff is never a thing when he's confident. I've realised. I need him scoring at Old Trafford. I need yeah. that to happen. And I, I don't need, need no I don't need them no celebration things. They're coming around. Oh, I don't think the Kaki does that. I think he Yeah. Hopefully, like, man. Bro, hopefully. if I see it, if I if I see him put his hands up, I'm done with it. Celebrate, bro. Like you know, yeah. you know, my United, yeah, they're my, they're my biggest ops right now, yeah. Because the main reason because, yeah, is because bro, every time we play these men on the social, yeah, half the time we outplay them, even on the Lampard, bro. Like there's times when Lampard is tactically outclassing Solskjaer. These men are still coming away with the yeah, wins because of some bullshit. Because Rashford decided to put one in the top corner for 500 yards. 
never <laughs> ever done that again as well. That yeah, literally, so much, man. Or, the, or, or there's a bit of individual brilliance, or there's one mistake or another, or a refing decision. We'll literally outplay them the majority of the game. So I'm, I'm actually tired of not taking Ws when it comes to them, man. Exactly, man. Exactly, man. And as you just said, man, that's a public service announcement. Romelu Lukaku is back. Lukaku is back. So, yeah, um, in my opinion, I, I do think it's interesting. I do think he could propel us to, to challenging, but for me personally, I still feel as though there's still that one stumbling block in terms of our creativity. You know, um, we are going to talk about Lukaku. I'll be honest, I'm not professional, I'm not professional about this. So, Tomorrow, you guys will be in a bonus episode, a, a patron exclusive coming from Freeman and um, Sherry themselves. So stay tuned in for that. But yeah, so for me personally, I still think that that creativity um, thing, I still think if we had that extra avenue of creativity, that's when I, for me personally, I feel like, yep, that's it. Like we can really, really go for go for a winning league. Because when I look at mm. like a Liverpool, yeah. as people people say, oh, Salah's just a goal scorer. This guy is an elite creator. They've got Trent. That's another elite creator. You've got Robertson. That's another top creator. You yeah. know, Marnie, when he wants to play as well. Exactly. Got, Liverpool got Torino no backup, as well. They got exactly. no backup. Yeah, I agree, agree. But I'm just talking about just in terms of creativity. I mean, like, you look yeah. at City, then you've got Bernardo Silva, you've got KDB. Yeah. You've now got Greenish. You've got Sterling. You've got Mahrez. You've got Cancelo. There's so many avenues of creativity that it kind of mm. makes me feel like, wh- where is that coming from for us? Because... I do feel yeah. as though we've got the pieces, you know, you've got Reese, Reese who's going to come in, chill over. I feel like people don't give me plaudits because for me personally, he's probably our most creative and fullback. You know, yeah. you've got players like Cal, you've got Mal, you've got ZH. And yeah, I, I do think these guys are good, but are we? Are they going to take us that next level of creativity? Who do you, man, do you think is the most likely to play behind him then? I think it's Mount and Havertz. I think that's yeah, the most likely but- to play behind him. Yeah, but you see that, or even that on balance. That's And that's why I 100% agree with what Babs just said as well. But for me, it's not even like creativity-wise, I feel like we have more than enough tools. I think we have more tools than a lot of men, maybe apart from City in the squad, to, to the point where if not everyone can play no matter what formation we play. But the amount of cre- creativity that we have, even of the guys that are going to sit on the bench, right? I think it's just more how it's put together. And that's why I'm hoping for this formational shift rather than the players that we have. Because even that Mount and Havertz one, I feel like, again, we're not optimising what we could potentially do there in terms of creativity and behind the striker, if that makes sense. Mount's an awkward one with this formation because I don't think his optimum position is behind the one of the one of those roles behind the strikers, but it's not being limited in playing in that double pivot either. It's probably somewhere in between. Like, if we played a 3-5-2, um, he would be there, if that makes sense, in terms of that the most advanced mm-hmm. builder. And a lot of the time... This formation he, works better for him than just playing on his own in the 10. Yeah, yeah. And I was going to say, a lot of the time, that's how he ends up playing anyway. He's almost like a, mm. some, a, a link between um, Havertz and whoever else plays up front and the midfield, if that makes sense. But for me, it's not even a case of personnel. We have so many creative players, like, that in... A, Lukaku is also creative. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I just think, I personally, I'm proper on this it's not even like a, I'm a 4-3-3 man in general right on principle in football but I personally think the 4 2 3 one suits us the best because the individual players that we have even if you look at the guy the way that guys play even Pulisic as well when he's in the middle or off the right as well this guy does some dumb shit sometimes and this, these men know that it's always me defending in a minute that's my boy in it but he does some dumb shit oh, I used to be with you but yeah, I'm not gonna. I don't, I'm know. Not gonna not I don't know if I can yeah. do that. I don't know if I'm shameless enough to be defending <laughs> him anymore because he is on. 
I don't even you know, know what he's doing. You know what it is? I'm not gonna act, I'm not gonna act like he doesn't do dumb shit when he does dumb shit. But for me, when he does do dumb shit, like I said, every player has their limitations. It's about how he's being utilized. I think it's the same with a lot of these creative players that we talk about. When we talk about how many we have, is that six now that we could or guys that we can name that are gonna be in the mix of playing behind the striker? I think we personally need a four-two-three-one and allow these guys to just float. Similar to do you know the season after we won the Champions League with Hazard, Oscar, and Mata? where they were just fluid. Mazakai, yeah? Yeah, yeah, literally. If we can get a situation like that, I think Havertz has to play. No matter who we play in, in that, Havertz has to play. But I don't. from then, I don't mind in terms of, like, different games are going to di- require different things, if that makes sense, in terms of you might need more penetration, you play Callum, or you you might need um, someone to maybe unlock, pick and unlock, unlock things a bit more. You might play Ziyech, if that makes sense. So the tools are there. I just think we need to allow these guys almost less freedom than they currently have when it's the two. It's weird because I feel like they've, they're in between. They're in a certain place in their careers, all of them, where they're young, but they're not too young, where um, they need absolute direction, but they're not at the point um, yet where you can just give them all-out freedom and say, they're going to affect the game no matter where I play them, no matter how I play them. I think they need a little bit of direction, but need freedom too. I feel, I feel like right now, when it's the two behind the striker, um, or should I say the three of them just kind of rotating because we don't we haven't really had that focal point. It's almost too much freedom and it it's almost to the point where where the rigid places are in that formation, so the wide areas, it kind of inhibits these lots of games. A lot of these might want to pick it up wide and drive in like Pulisic uh, or or sometimes Havertz or, or Ziyech. Ziyech has to pick it up wide and then drive in or pick it up maybe in like an inside channel, start wide and come inside. So that's that's part, these are all the reasons why I really want to see the the four two three one and just let these guys have direction, but at the same time express themselves behind a focal point and interchange and have an extra man in the attack. That's the extra man I'm talking about in a four two three one rather than in that three four three when you've got you're essentially looking at two foot behind a striker compared to three in a four two three one. So I think we'll have that point. Tuchel's not wanting to see things not going at their optimum and just sit there and not do anything so I think we'll get to that point in the season where a four at the back of some sort will be required and we'll see what happens from there yeah well put together well put together so yeah um, to wrap up that section in terms of our expectations for the season you know as well as that um, Lukaku bonus episode another bonus episode will be coming for the patrons, so don't worry about that. But I know we've been slacking a bit with the Patreon, but what we're getting back is about new season, new Chelsea hour, man. We're ready to go. And yeah, um, so other than that, other than that, I did want to go into some listening questions. Um, shout out to Discord. You know, these guys, they are the chat is always booming. I'm sure Sam could even attest for himself. Literally, I've literally yeah, just looked in there now, and there's like a hundred and there's usually like two hundred messages since I started recording. So it's like I'm definitely uh, gonna look forward to <laughs> to look the to read them. Hey, Lukaku hype, the Premier League season's being back, that hype. There's a lot to be going through, man. There's a lot to be going through. So, yeah, um, first question in, first question in from you yourself, Sam. So, you wanted, you asked them, so where does Kante rank in terms of the greatness for midfielders across his generation in Chelsea? And I think that's a that's a really good question. Because for me personally, like, as much as I loved Lampard, it's hard for me to not say Kante's number one for me right now when it comes to Chelsea midfielders. Like whether it be Yo, them baby, being man, whether, whether it be them I, being neck and neck, I'm not sure how I feel about this. Like it's such a tough one because some of the stuff that we've really that we've witnessed Kante doing is just nothing short of insane. What, yeah, do, what like, do you guys think? 
it's so that's why I asked the question, man, because I completely get like what you're saying. Lampard is probably the one that you'd say, okay, maybe, maybe Lampard is like he's our top scorer. But then it's the argument that Lampard just played for us during a better period. No, but he was a baller as well, though. Like, no, he was. He was. He was. I cold. get so upset when people compare. He was him to so cold. He was like my favorite ever player. Like yeah, before Hazard came, like Lampard was. Lampard was the one, but. I don't know, man. I think, like, I was younger when Lampard was there as well. But, like, Kante on a week-to-week basis, the things he is doing, man, like... You know what? You know what, though, Sam, yeah? I think crazy. That, that, that partly probably plays a part into it, even in terms of, like, the way you can analyse the game now compared to when... when so, uh, we're all around the same age here, right? Like, when when we was younger and Lampard was playing, I think even the way that we can, we can, we can analyse the game now and we can appreciate the full extent to what Kante is doing compared to when we were young watching Lampard as well. Because even when I go back and watch videos, I think to myself, bro, I can't believe the way people mainly or almost only, not only, but they mainly talk about his goal scoring. And when I look at some of the things... Oh, that annoys me so much, man. Yeah, when I look at some of the things this guy was doing defensively, passing as well, even eye for a pass, his ability to play a pass as well. And Lampard was never quick, was never the strongest or anything like that. But mentality and brain-wise ridiculous but like i said at the start i don't know how i feel about this because we're talking about two class players here i was just it's, close. it's one and two i'm saying it's yeah. one and two whatever yeah, way you i don't know it, how i'm not mad either way in it it's one and two I, I do always think that nostalgia plays a part in these kind of stuff as well anyways so we, you know what i mean it, it could does. be me yeah i'm i don't know either way i'm i'm not i'm not like these are two greats all-time greats anyways yeah and i'm one of those fans that are side-eyed lampard because of his managerial yeah yeah i feel like a lot yeah. of fans are doing that in a minute and 100%. I get it, like, he was a bit annoying, <laughs> but as yeah. a player, if you're trying to speak ill on him, then, yeah, he was he was cold. He was, like, to be that good a finisher from midfield, will we ever see that again? Like, I don't, I don't know. know. Like, to be that good in general. Score? I think it's 212 for Chelsea. Yeah. Mad. To be that good a midfielder and still score that many goals, not on these Bruno teams where you, man are just, man are midfielders in name. You know that was man, 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 um, yep. And I think the same thing you were talking about Lampard with his goals. People do that to Kante as well because he's so good at ball winning. And people, will, you always see him say, "Oh yeah, he just kicks shins and all that." And it's ridiculous it's nonsense. It's such have nonsense. Have you seen Kante dribble? Have, yeah. you, have they actually watched Kante dribble? But I've asked Ming Son about his dribbling when he put it through his legs. Literally, I always say this. Like, I think maybe it's because of stylistically and aesthetically, maybe the way Kante dribbles. He maybe he probably dribbles too humbly. You know, them ones he doesn't really have a certain style of running and like flicking it and all that kind of stuff. But well, even no, I've realized no flicks and tricks, no. no yeah, you know, no, you know, what I realized actually recently Kante is cheeky, you know. But because I think aesthetically, because of the way it looks, I think people don't realize how good this guy is on the ball as well. Like, oh, this guy will casually turn people or flick it through someone's legs or and carry on and these kind of. Stuff, oh yeah, his favorite one is where he's got his like back to goal. If you pass it, yeah, into him, he's really good at like flicking it around the corner and then like, literally, off. And, and he's gone like, and he, and he's dribbling in general is ridiculous. Like even like so, Kovacic is really good at bringing the ball from um, first third to to the second third basically, and 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 
us going from there. But Kante is really good at either winning it in the midfield or getting pressured and dribbling out of it and taking us towards the final third. And I think Sarri unlocked that in him. But because of the whole thing of, oh, yeah, he's playing in the wrong position and all that kind of stuff, people didn't want to see. People didn't want to see what Sarri saw in terms of Kante, not only off the yeah, ball, man. but on the ball too. If France won the Euros instead of Italy, it would be Kante's name in the Ballon d'Or shouts, not Jorginho's. Yeah, like 100%. Yeah. Okay, Even right. then, there's still okay. probably a, a good case for him to still be getting it. Probably, man. Yeah. Like, we see him week in, week out. Like, this guy is... Like, like I said at the start, the superlatives to describe him, I'm running out of. He's a genuine phenomenon. Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I, just, I don't... Like, I've never seen a player do what he does so well. Um, yeah. I might have to get Kante on the back of my shirt after this podcast, though. Hey, I, 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 I need, need Kante with, with that Super Cup, mid, bro, that super bro, cup star. I need thing. that Club World Cup star on, on my kit. Bro, listen, right now, Kante is my is my screensaver holding the Champions League in it. I'm going to have to re-up for the Super Cup. You know them ones? Yeah, man. Mm, exactly. nah, I don't yeah. know about that, though. No. Champions League, Super Cup. Keep the Champions League, brother. Keep, keep that. Yeah, you're right. You know what it is? <laughs> lock, screen, lock screen and home screen, isn't it? I'm so glad he won that, man. I'm so glad he's done the full, like, because, you know, like with Hazard, say, for example, people use stuff like that. There's players across history where that's used Gerard with his league titles, whatnot. I'm so glad that he's done the full, the full. Has he won the Euros? Was he, was he France when he won the Euros? You don't need the Euros when you've got a World Cup. No, true, true. But I was just wondering, has he? No, no, no. No, he hasn't. Okay. But, no, um... I, don't think he, I don't think he even played that final they lost against Portugal. I believe it was... Um... Pogba and Matuidi. Yeah, they Matuidi. lost, didn't they? Yeah, no, yeah, they lost the season after, I think. That's Did why he? they lost. No, he didn't. Guaranteed, they're not losing if they play Kante. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm, I'm, just, I'm just glad that he's... And I know people like to focus on this and all this, but he just seems like such a lovely guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, that definitely helps, in my opinion, anyway. But you know what it is? I think even with that stuff, all of that stuff doesn't allow people to see what this guy is doing in terms of like the humble side of the game is all the winning the ball back and Kante is definitely viewed as that but I think he's oh, yeah. more... he's also vicious as well like yeah I know the Tottenham vicious. game where he just went through was it Danny Rose just went yeah, through yeah, yeah. I remember like I remember. he's definitely got that side of him and even if you see yeah. the Chelsea interviews when they're talking about him and that they say he's like a cheater they say like yeah. in card games and that like he's just he's just cheating and that so he's obviously yeah. not this this like I don't know what like I think Disu tweeted today saying they treat him like a toddler. And that's yeah. true. Like they do do some weird stuff about Kante, but that's 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 nothing to do with Kante. That's just the British media being, yeah, being weird. weird. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so going on to the next question, um, question from Will. So we kind of covered it in terms of the chance creation. So he says um he feels we need another creator in our attack. And um he wants to know. What do you guys think? Do you think do you guys think the problem is just finishing chances, or do you think creativity is another one of those issues? I think I think um, I think personally it's a bit of both, but at the same time, like I've said this whole podcast long, I don't think it's solved by looking at bringing someone so other players in and all this kind of stuff. I think we have the recipe; we just need to put it together better than we are. If that makes sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably, to be fair, more on the other wait, wait, side. Wait, what are you saying, Ben? Too, too, too much Maggie in the jell Bro, way too much Maggie, fam. Way too much. You know them ones? I feel, I feel let the jell just, you know what I mean? Let it let it just cool off. You know what I'm trying to say? I don't, I don't know them ones still. 
that. Now you know them ones when you got the tin foil. You know the ones you got the tin foil over the rice in it. Yeah, you have to let the rice cool off, fam. We're just back. Oh yeah, yeah, I know them ones. I know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, but um, I'm yeah probably on the other side in terms of I actually do think finishing is a bigger issue than creativity. Um, I think creativity is an issue, but I do think with with a good striker, they don't just score goals. They also improve the people around them and make the people around them more creative just because of their runs. And I just feel like we get into areas a lot, Chilwell and James. James definitely needs to be a bit better at just, it feels like he's just doing FIFA skill games where he's got to hit an area. And he's just whacking it in that area every single time. He needs to do a bit of getting his head up, looking where to cross it. I think Lukaku, like, I, I, I honestly, I think, I think that's his bag. I think getting across the box, finishing, He's a good finisher as well, Lukaku. He's a good, good yeah. finisher. I think it will be interesting to see um, because the, 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 the think pieces will start if we start slow and we don't have creativity. It will be, oh, yeah, we need another player. But I think Tuchel will stick to this formation. I'm not sure we'll see a change. Um, so I think it's a lot hoping on Lukaku improving the players around him. And also... All the people that we say are creative, the the Havertzes, the Mounts, who I think are the most likely to play, they're still young. Like they still yeah. have a way to go. I think they can definitely still get better. Like I'm not sure if you lot saw that um, athletic article about on ball value and whatnot, but Mount um, is at the top of that. Like he he definitely has a value. I know people like to focus on him not being creative, which I think where his fans call him a playmaker and all this stuff, it then kind of makes people say, well, he's not really a playmaker. Yeah. Um, and I guess that goes into your definition of what the word a playmaker is. Me personally, I don't think it's so rigid. I don't think a playmaker has to be your Ozil, your matter. Like you, you yeah. can, you can make plays in different ways and different avenues. Everyone like the argument about like Cho and Pulisic used to happen a lot. Like Cho is so much more creative than Pulisic. And, Granted, he probably is more creative, but they create in very different ways. And I don't yeah, think, I agree. And I don't think you can take away one person's creativity just because he doesn't do it exactly the way you want. And Mount, he even done it last night. Even he doesn't look fit. Last night, he won. As soon as he comes on, he's pressing the attackers. And we actually got a chance out of it. Um, and he pressed the attacker uh, on the, it was the left back. He pressed him. We won the ball back, went back to... Um, I can't remember if it was Aspie or Hudson Adorn at this time, and then we played it inside and we got a chance from it. So is that not playmaking? Like, of course, it's not what people want, and it's not that all oh, look at him playing a through ball, but it's still technically making a play from his press. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I I think we have. I've always said I think we have the players in our squad to be creative. Before we had Lukaku, I don't think we had a finisher in our squad. I, I do not think we had a gunman. Like Havertz, maybe could be a gunman, but. I don't think he's there yet. And I don't think he's a striker. So, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree with, with everything Sam just said there. And I think we was having a discussion about this before in the chat in terms of, I think Havertz can score goals. Do I think he should be relied on to score goals? Probably not. I think he should, he's, he can and should be more focused on like complementary goals, if that makes sense, rather than being that main guy that yes, you're gonna be the guy that we need to score these these goals if that makes sense. I think it it, it takes it would take too much away from the rest of his game if that makes I sense. I agree, man. He's too good at that. Sorry, other yeah. stuff. Like he's good at playing people in and I yeah. Feel like 
his decision making around the box is very good and he's got tech like if he needs to play a tiny little two-yard pass inside which yeah. looks hella easy but it's not believe me he always gets the right way and yeah I, I agree with you that I think it's taken a lot from his other game if you want him to be your primary goal scorer man yeah fair enough fair enough fair enough and yeah so to go to the next question from Rick Rick asked the interesting question is, is one I can already say I definitely do agree with so he wants to know from you guys Based on our attack, do you guys think it's important for there to be a level of continu- does there need to be a level of continu- continu- continuity in the attack mainly this season for us to be successful? Because for me personally, yeah. I do feel like having that 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 um set um that set front free, I do think that does allow for us to be a lot more um yeah. ruthless in attack. Agreed. Yeah, I agree. I agree fully. And this is what I was talking about earlier when I talked about um, a certain hierarchy and kind of what to expect from um, other teams that have all these creative players and that kind of stuff. Because if we continue like this, we'll we'll basically just be throwing out a different attack um, besides Lukaku every game. So, yeah, no, I definitely agree, even in terms of working up patterns. And I also feel like when you change these guys in and out so much, you're not even going to see the best of them. And not only are us as fans going to be questioning their talent, they themselves are going to be questioning their talent as well. Because as with most footballers, um, like what you show majorly depends on what you're around so yeah no I definitely agree there has to be a certain level of cons- continuity yeah I think I don't have the stats right here in front of me but I reckon if you look at title winners across the last 20 years most of them have a set front three and a set back four yeah I imagine yeah. Uh, City might be changing the game a little bit just because they're so stacked and Pep likes to do his nonsense but yeah I think having a set front three and know that you just like trust them um, really helps. But then on the other hand, you can then get a Liverpool problem where they were so focused on the front three, the yeah. other ones coming in, um, like how it, it must be so difficult when you know whatever you do as a player, you yeah, may you're start, not like you're not <laughs> yeah. like Salah, Firmino, Mane, that was their front three in it. So no matter who came in, why it didn't matter. Like they had to do what they had to do on the pitch. Like they get paid to do their job, but it must like mentally, I think it can be difficult to kind of play. You must, you might naturally play a bit within yourself because you're thinking, well, I ain't going to start anyway. What's the bloody point? Um, and I think there's enough fixtures this year where we can rotate people in. But I think for the core Premier League season, I do want to see a more kind of set front three. Um, yeah. But I'm not sure Tuchel will do it because it doesn't really well, seem like... Two. At least two of the three. I think... I think Lukaku will definitely start majority of games up front. You don't yeah. spend 100 million on someone to, to not start him. Um, and that thing, like, I know people don't like that stuff to play a, play a role, but it definitely does. Um, like, the amount you spend on someone definitely has an impact on how much they play. Um, I do, I, this is completely me, like, I I don't really have much evidence to back this up, but I think Havertz, like, I think Tuchel likes Havertz. I I think he wants to play him. I think that one, like, he wants, so I do think Lukaku and Havertz is going to be at least two of the front three. And then I think the other one will be Mount, Werner, Ziyech. I'm leaning towards Mount because of the way Tuchel spoke about Mount. Um, like he says he's very important to the team and all that I don't know if that's just the British media kind of pushing him in that direction because you know they like to do that with Mount but 
I, I do think it will be Lukaku, Mount and Havertz as our front three for majority of the season. Um, Interesting. Just, yeah, to ask, just, just to ask, just to speak a question, bigger man on there. So do you think we can see any problems with that front three? Do you think there's enough creativity there? And do you think there's enough goals? Um, I think there's enough goals. Um, granted that Lukaku scores at a similar rate to what he's kind of scored through his career. I do think there's enough goals. I think Mount is going to score more goals this year than he's ever scored. Um, well, actually ever scored for Chelsea. I actually don't know what his numbers in Vitesse were like off the top of my head. I think we're um, going to be good that season though, weren't we? But I think he's a different yeah. player anyways to that Vitesse season. Not to interrupt you, but I, I remember he was more of a 10 then, isn't it? He's very much... Yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously, it's a different league as well. Like, yeah. That means, yeah. Um, I do think there's enough goals. Creativity is definitely something to point at. But I think looking yesterday, are we even going to look... Like, of course, you want your number 10s to be creative, but is that even going to be our main avenue to create? Because if you mm. look at yesterday, most teams are going to play low blocks against us. The way to open up a low block is to go to one side of the pitch, ping it to the other side of the pitch, to a fullback, to a wingback. That's, like, that's how a lot of teams who play five at the back seem to operate to break down low blocks. So yeah. I think Chilwell and, and James... It could even be Aspie, you know. Like Aspie's low key better as a right wing back than James, but that's, yeah. that's time for another day. I think mm. I think a lot's going to fall on our wing backs, and I I and said sorry again to favorite. sorry again to jump in there. Sorry again to jump in there. But do you think that could become a bit predictable if we're simply definitely. just like, yeah. relying on and the wing backs? Definitely, yeah. And that's definitely. a worry. Chilwell's going to end the season with the most. That's my hot take. Sorry, go on. Chilwell's going to end the season as our top assister. That's my hot take. <laughs> You know what? That's not even mad. That that would that's not even like I don't think that's that mad. Uh, I just I, I can see it happening. I, yeah. I think Lukaku with that run across the box. Yeah. Cash and Chilwell, you know what is Chilwell was very daring as well. For a guy that's meant to be naturally a left back, as the wing backs, he's very daring in terms of how high how high he gets up. Sometimes the risks he takes as well, in terms of I'll just push it past someone and try and get it back on the other side. You would think a natural left back would be more reserved, but yeah, no, I don't. No, yeah, he's I technically comfy, man. He's technically yeah, comfy. Yeah. Like, I feel yeah. like people before he came were making out that he's like literally just a defender. And but he's definitely like I remember when his first couple games, and he like he he has the ability to kind of take a touch and pass it inside or pass it outside. And I was like, oh, fair enough, man. Like, you're 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 right. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Well, put, well put, well put. And um, the next, the second to last question from Prash. Shout out Prash. Um, he wants to know. Um, so in his opinion, he says, why do you think? Our passing is always safer, risk adversive. Which, with ZH missing game time, who do you think will step up in that area? Is that in what area? So ZH, so is ZH area so like making their own risk, risky passes? Oh, um, I want to say no one if I'm honest, because we don't really have apart from ZH. Like ZH, there was a very big skills gap in terms of before we signed ZH in terms of actual. Um, creative passes. We more had creative dribblers, or like like Sam said earlier, with our mounts pressing. Like create, I guess you can say creative pressers, if that makes sense. So we don't really have that profile of player elsewhere. Yeah, that that is a wild. That is creative a wild. Is, I already can hear the chat typing. <laughs> <laughs> you know creative role player. the fuck? Your game's gone. Uh, yeah, no, no. But you know what I'm trying to say. Though, <laughs> I like it. I, I like it, man. We'll 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 yeah. TM that. Yeah, come on, man. You can't shame. You can't shame the shameless, innit? Like, if you need backup on that one, shout me, innit? Yeah. So, but yeah, no. Generally, there's a skills gap in it in terms of that kind of thing. Herbert's is more of a man that combines 
Um, so yeah, a bit of passing, bit of dribbling type of thing. Um, Mount, um, you were already talking about Mount. Cho and Cho, of course, does like to release the ball um, in terms of like, but mainly more in terms of like crossing and that kind of stuff. And he carries the ball very well as well. So I could say he's probably more on the dribbling side too. Pulisic is definitely on the dribbling side. So yeah, there's, I don't think anyone, anyone will will, will take up that mantle with um, Ziyech is out because there's a skills gap in terms of creative passes in general in the team. In terms of final third, at least, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when Rudiger's probably in your top three passes on your team, it's uh, yeah. Yeah. it's looking sticky still. But Imagine if we still had David Luiz, bro. Flipping hell. Yeah. I mean, in terms of risk averse, I think, yeah, is the uh, personnel we use. Like, I think a lot of them are probably risk averse passes. But I do think probably a lot of that's on Tuchel as well. I think he's probably has instructions to his players. Like, if you don't see the opening, come back recycle go again um that's what i that's what i would take anyway from it um i think that's just as much on tuchel as it is the players because under lampard i wouldn't say we were that risk averse if if anything we were too bloody risky yeah yeah okay so next question and the last question from uzman shy him rumored fan you 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 know how we do rumored around here you know how we do with them and so he wants yep. to know, um, after winning the, 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 um, the Champions League and looking like contenders for the Premier League, again, what are the long-term expectations for the club? Are we capable of take, the, taking the next step of replicating the dominance of the Spanish club? So I'm guessing he's, he's uh, referring to early two, two, late 2000s um, Barcelona and early 2010s um, Real Madrid's by buying superstars and competing for the Champions League and league every single year. Or is the is the club content with um two to three good seasons and then some down years like before? I think it's the latter personally, but I think really and true. I think in an ideal world, a mix. But I don't think we're ever going to be the type of team that just buys superstars anymore. If that makes sense. Even now, like we've bought Lukaku, we've bought Havertz. Havertz on his well on his way to be being a superstar. I mean, to be fair, that's arguably two superstars in the last two summers. You could, you know what? You could argue that to be fair, but we're even with the Havertz one, I think it just made too much sense to even just say it's as simple as just buying superstars. Does that make sense? Because Havertz's whole notoriety at that point was based on his potential because of what he had shown already. If that was, he wasn't a superstar yet. Like superstars are people like Neymar and Bappe and all these kind of guys, if that makes sense. So if he's talking like you know, he, he compared Real Madrid and Barcelona. I don't think we're ever going to be that team just buying superstars like that. We might be buying the guys that are next up in that kind of um, sense. But I think Roman and the board have generally learned, have learned a lesson in terms of going off the boil for a few years and what situation it leaves you in. Because the only reason we even had to spend like we spent in the last two seasons is because of those win and then two or three down years and just letting more and more talent go to the point where you actually you actively have to do a full-on rebuild rather than keeping things ticking over over time. So uh, you could maybe say a mixture of the two, if that makes sense. I think they've definitely learned a lesson um, there in terms of like, we would not have had to spend all this money if we efficiently backed up Hazard, for example. When in Hazard's years with us, all we did was let more and more talent go. Else that is in the talent he really should have been working with to maximise what we could do, like all of these other players that people mentioned, like Neymar got to play with flipping Messi and Suarez. And you know what I mean? And Bappe plays with Neymar and Bale was playing with Ronaldo and Salah plays with Mane. Like who did, Hazard was playing with William. You know what I'm trying to say? So like just selling off more and more talent type of thing to the point we had to rebuild like we did. I think they've defo, they definitely must have learned a lesson from that. You can only yeah, 
I will say one thing in terms of the dominance of the Spanish clubs. If there's any time for that dominance to kind of be over and like them for not to be the biggest kind of most attainable um, clubs, I think it's now. I mean, I think like back in the day, like when I was back, back in my day, when, when I was younger, like if Real Madrid or Barca came for your player, it's curtains. Like yeah. it's over. Like they're they're taking that. They're taking that. And they 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 yeah. So now are they the most desirable place to go? I don't know. Like even the TV money over here, like I'm pretty sure like whoever comes like 20th gets like double the TV money that the like top Spanish clubs get, maybe more. So I mean, I don't think England as a league, the Premier League. Yeah, I don't think the dominance like those clubs have is ever going to be the same. It's not really built like that. Yeah, um, other clubs don't really allow it. Like, look what City have been doing, and the Romans said, "Nah, fuck it, I'm buying." That's, that's a big point. And that's what I was going to say about what you were yeah. saying about Hazard and all this. I think Roman. I don't know. Like, he never speaks, so you don't really know what he thinks. But yeah, I don't know if he got a little bit like kind of like he rested a bit and was just like, oh yeah, like they'll they'll win stuff. They've been winning stuff. Yeah. And in the last couple of years, they saw Messi, they saw um, Man City, sorry, not Messi, um, like just do madness. Like Man City and Liverpool completely changed what happens in the Premier League. Yeah. So I think like Roman, it feels like he's just said, fuck it. Like, let's let's go. Like, you don't think, you don't think I'm just some, like, just going to play around. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm challenging you. And hopefully, hopefully that's, that's, that's the case. But I don't think, will ever get the dominance. There's too many clubs here with too much money and too many variables that I don't think will ever get that domination like those clubs do, or even like probably United had in kind of the early 2000s, late 90s. Um, it's easy to be dominant when you have maybe one or two clubs trying to um, take away your dominance rather than four or five. Yeah, yeah I, I think the, that competition that we're seeing right now in the Premier League, the amount of money we're seeing, look, like we see Aston Villa, they spent, I Literally. think I bet they've spent as much as us over the last couple of years. So, yeah, man. I mean, this could be one of the best title push. races we've seen in our lifetime if everything Fast, goes man. Bad. Fast, man. They, like, they're, they're saying that they're saying that, that Leeds versus Aston Villa game may just be better than our classical. Yeah, brazy, brazy, brazy. It's better than a North London derby, I'll tell you that much. No cap, hey, no cap. No cap, man. man. No cap. <laughs> but yeah, guys, to wrap it up, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you. It's good to have it's you. A pleasure. Sam, who's gonna have you on? And guys, before I even lock off now, just so find one one reminder on one um, public service announcement, especially for the Chelsea fans. There will be a live show for the game on Sunday the 22nd. So if you wanna come down, make sure you hit make sure you check the description, check the Twitter accounts, and buy your tickets because we're looking forward to seeing you there. Twitter and ranting
doing the most True say that money is power, so when you get money, keep fighting Ghost, ghost I remember when I shot my shot, but I didn't have guap, so I hit the post But next time it's a golden goal and it Sports Social Podcast Network